Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, and we're learning to listen to God's Word, to meditate on it, and then to pray it back in response to Him. And if you're new, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, or you can watch it on YouTube as well. The crux of the situation. Have you heard that expression before? Well, crux is the Latin word for cross. And the cross, just like a crossroads, is a decision point. Which way will things go? By the end of our episode today, you will know. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's Word beyond these first 15 minutes into the rest of our lives. We follow a four-step process, and you can get details at podcast.wordofprayer.com. Jesus stands before Pilate. Pilate's wife has begged her husband not to condemn this innocent man. The chief priests have demanded his death. Pilate knows that they handed Jesus over to him out of envy, not because he's a serious criminal. What will he do? Let's listen to Matthew 27, verses 20 through 31. The leading priest and elders convinced the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be freed and for Jesus to be killed. Pilate said, I have Barabbas and Jesus. Which do you want me to set free for you? The people answered, Barabbas! Pilate asked, So what should I do with Jesus, the one called the Christ? They all answered, Crucify him! Pilate asked, Why? What wrong has he done? But they shouted louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he could do nothing about this and that a riot was starting, He took some water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. Then he said, I am not guilty of this man's death. You are the ones who are causing it. All the people shouted, We and our children will be responsible for his death. Then he set Barabbas free. But Jesus was beaten with whips and handed over to the soldiers to be crucified. The governor's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's palace, and they all gathered around him. They took off his clothes and put a red robe on him. Using thorny branches, they made a crown and put it on his head and put a stick in his right hand. Then the soldiers bowed before Jesus and made fun of him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on Jesus. Then they took his stick and they began to beat him on the head. After they finished, the soldiers took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. When you're on a road and you see an accident about to happen, there's usually time to shout a warning, to turn aside and avoid danger, or an opportunity to at least reduce the the damage by some quick action. And if you have foresight, often there are several such opportunities to avoid catastrophe or minimize the fallout. As we've been traveling this part of the journey with Jesus, those opportunities have come and gone. 
Jesus could have left Jerusalem and the Passover crowds quietly at night and disappeared up in Galilee. Or while standing before the high priest, he could have given a clever reply that would divide the assembly and throw them into disarray. With Pilate, he could have argued his case against the wrongly motivated charges brought up against him by those who were really out to get him. But Jesus takes none of these outs or off-ramps. The point of no return has come. Pilate is looking for a way to quietly dismiss this trumped-up case against Jesus. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Pilate asked the crowd, Who do you want released? The notorious brigand or the popular teacher, healer? Give us Barabbas, the crowd shouts. So what shall I do with Jesus, called the Messiah? Crucify him! But what crime has he committed? Crucify him, the crowd demands. They don't answer his question. They just double down on their demand. Pilate wants to be innocent of this man's blood, to have clean hands. It is your demand that he be executed, not my verdict, is really what he's trying to say. Let his blood be on us and on our children. Jesus is flogged and the crucifixion begins. The whole company of soldiers in the palace guard gather around Jesus and strip off his clothes. And after dressing him like royalty with a scarlet robe, a crown of thorns, a staff in his hand, they mock and spit and taunt and hit him. Hail, King of the Jews. The terrible prophecy of torture and mistreatment, mocking and taunting, is coming true. He doesn't fight back or raise his voice. He doesn't argue, dispute, or protest. He obeys his Father's will and lets hell's wrath be poured out on him. To crucify means really dying to self. Let's pray. Oh God, it is a terrible thing written in these verses. And there's worse to come. I feel ashamed of my sin and the sin of man. I am sorry for the suffering, the unjust treatment and the terrible pain, the terrible lies, the evil that were done that day. Lord, give me strength to follow you to the cross, to take up my cross, to obey when I don't want to, when the flesh takes me in the opposite direction. I thank you for the cross, for your word, for songs of praise, and your people who sing them. I thank you for my family, and I pray for their salvation. I desire holiness in my family and in all my actions. I praise you for your mighty love and for overcoming death. I praise you for providing and growing my faith. I lift up your name. Let it be lifted higher in my heart, in my house. Let it be preached to the farthest ends of the earth and honored in all my actions. Amen.
The crucifixion is a terrible thing. It's graphic and violent, and yet the gospel writers are relatively restrained in describing it. Jesus went through a great amount of pain and suffering and shame, and he did it for us. For the application today, I want to emphasize the family. We grow up in families, and right now we're confined with family during social distancing. Notice what the crowd cries out in response to Pilate. Let his blood be on us and on our children. How terrible to accept blood guilt, not only for yourself, but also for your family. But the deeper spiritual truth is that Jesus' blood is on our hands, not just theirs. All who have sinned, and that includes everyone living, have blood on their hands. Meditate on the cross and the cry to crucify today. Pray for forgiveness, not just for yourself, but for your family too. Today's episode is brought to you by Journey with Jesus, Book 4, Praying Your Way Through Matthew's Gospel. You can find it on Amazon or click the link in the show notes to get a copy. May the cross speak to you and keep listening to God's Word today.